Okay, welcome to the podcast. My name is John Lombardi, and this is the Run to Win podcast. Today is the 20th of September, 19, or 2019, I should say. Uh, this is episode six of our podcast. Say hello, Chris. Hello, John. Hello, everybody. That's Chris Kumis, who's here with us today. Uh, let's jump right into it. This is a Friday. Last night, uh, Thursday night football, the Titans and the Jaguars, uh, kind of an ugly game. Uh, the Jaguars ended up winning. I think it was 20-7, to 7, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what the score was, quite frankly. Uh, I didn't pay much attention to it after uh, all the penalties and all the sacks that the Titans gave up. They are just really, really bad on the offensive line, aren't they, Chris? Yes, they have been for a while. And uh, it was weird to me that people are sitting there looking to make Mariota the scapegoat I think you know if anything that's the least of what they need to be worried about they're already talking about hey should we give Ryan uh, Tannehill a chance uh, I, how does that change anything uh, now you've got him running for his life yes and uh, he's probably not as good at running for his life probably not I don't think he's as used to it as uh, Mariota is I mean he was sacked nine times last night Marcus was and that's not that's the second most in his career playing for the Titans so that goes to show you you know, it's not been easy. Um, so people are going ahead talking about a few passes he didn't connect on. Well, I got news for you. If I'm getting sacked nine times in a game, yeah, my, well, my accuracy is going to be a little off. Let me interject a little. I, I agree with you. Uh, sacked nine times, under pressure, all that, that really can wreak havoc. He hasn't shown in his career, though, that he's a franchise quarterback. So I, I understand where people are. Kind of jumping on the bandwagon, you know, well, let's put Tannehill in. Uh, Mariota's not the answer. We need to get a new quarterback next year. And, and and that may be the case, but the fact of the matter is, is no one is really going to perform very well behind that offensive line. Now, of course, their left tackle, Lawan, has been suspended. Uh, I guess for PEDs, he'll be back in a week or so. Uh, I don't think that's going to help much. Um, you know, I think most of the pressure came up the middle. And granted, Clay Campbell, Calais Campbell, however you say it, he's a really, really good player uh, for the Jaguars. And, um, you know, it, the fact that you can't block him is, is one thing because a lot of people can't block him. Um, you know, there were some dumb choices. You know, the Titans went for it on fourth down, uh, where if they'd kicked a field goal, they would have had 10 points. I think at that point it would have been 17 to 10. Uh, Marone went for it near the end of the game, where if he kicked a field goal, they would have been up 16, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. um, you know, had the Titans shown anything that they were going to score two touchdowns and get two point afters, you know, two two-point conversions at that point? No. Uh, no. No, they had not. That's why I, I do understand the decision there. It's like, hey, look, we're this close. We might have a hard time getting this close again, so I don't have a problem. That's the the feel of the game, the flow of the game, I think they felt like, hey, this is our chance. If we can't get it here, well, then... Well, but then gonna... if he kicks the field goal, they're up by 16. Yeah, it's... If they go down thing, and score a touchdown, know. they're up by 20. I mean, is it really... Yeah, again, yeah. It, it is what it is, and the, and the the Titans are just not very good. Well, and... Uh, and their, their punt returner... Yeah. You know, he's done. Made some bad, he made bad some decisions. bad decisions. It's rainy. Uh, you know, they're just not that strong on defense either. You know, 
as, as excited as people are for Minshew, the mustache. Yeah. Uh, he, he had a decent game. He didn't. He had three, two touchdown passes. They're fourteen nothing real quick. Um, but you know, I don't think anybody's going to put him in the Hall of Fame right now. No. Well, you know, he he caught a good break on the muff punt, and they were set up on the doorstep to start the game. So that's a good. That's a great way to you know it takes a lot of the pressure off to go ahead start down there. He had a guy pretty much wide open. I think uh, you or I could have probably hit him. So that's a great way to go ahead and build some confidence, and it just sort of set the tone for the rest of the night. But I don't think even if that doesn't happen, that the outcome, the result's not the same. But what, what I wanted to say about Mariota, you know, and I feel like I've been defending him, it's because, you know, this is not just a this year thing with the Titans. This goes back to Jake Locker. Uh, <clears throat> Mariota shows a lot of guts, uh, the fact that he gets out there after he's been injured many, many times. This has just not been an offensive line for several years that's been able to protect their quarterback. So I, for one, just don't know yet how good Mariota is in this league because he hasn't, in my in my eyes, just had he hadn't had the opportunity that a lot of guys get, which and, is and the time. Additionally, that, he's had in five years. I guess this is his fifth year. He's had four offensive coordinators. Yeah, a couple head coaches. Three head coaches, he had Wisenhunt for a year, and then he had uh, Malarkey, and now he's got uh, Rabel, you know, last year LaFleur, now he's got uh, the FedEx guy's son. Uh, so, you know, he basically, Wisenhunt was the coordinator, Dowell Loggins, he's had, you know, a lot of people run through here, and, and you know, you need some stability, uh, you need some help up front. He really does. He's got uh, Delaney Walker. He was hurt last year. Delaney Walker's a really good player, but as far as offensive weapons, as uh, from a receiver perspective, he doesn't have anyone that stands out. Right. They've basically wasted a fifth round pick on a wide receiver. Not fifth round pick. Fifth pick of the first round on a wide receiver, who quite frankly is not worth that by any stretch of the imagination. And, um, you know, what's, what's funny, they play the Falcons, not obviously this weekend, uh, 10 days from now or so, and uh, they'll probably end up winning and, and look good. And everyone thought after they beat the Browns that, ooh. And then they've had, you know, a couple stinker games. Um, but they're just up and down. And people, oh, they, they figured it out. They've turned the corner. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, the Titans uh, performed as I would have expected them to. One other thing I'd like to say in his defense is that I saw a few of the highlights last night, and I did get to watch the end of the game, which was pointless at that point. But you know what? Those those receivers are not getting the separation. Uh, he's not trying to force the ball in there, and at some point he's got to get rid of it because the pressure is is coming every play. So, like I said, I just so it's yeah. A, let's it, do this. What if he's playing for Jacksonville last night? I, I think Mariota could have had a good game if he was playing for a different team that where he's getting protection in time. That's so. Is it a question of player acquisition? Is it a question of player development? Is it a combination of the two? Uh, that's kind of weird. I think number one, first off, I mean it, that. Let's face it. When you get to the league, you probably should be developed. To no, play in that league, not at all. no. Okay, no, well, that's where you know more than I do in that department. You, not at all. You've no, been there, closer to. There's there's guys to, who are there's guys who are ready, and then there's guys who aren't. And I think that's one of the reasons the Patriots have been so successful, is they really work every player on that roster. You know, the 53rd guys is important. Uh, 
you know, not in the grand scheme of things, but they expect him to do his job too. And they're developing players. We talked about this, uh, I don't know, last week, the week before. Uh, Dante Scarnecki, the the offensive line coach there, who's really, I guess, under underappreciated on how much he has done, and and, and been. Uh, you know, instrumental in them going to what nine Super Bowls in 18 years and winning six of them. Uh, yeah, player development. Uh, we used to joke, you know, there'd be a, a team would stink and the coaches would look at the GM and be like, look at all these suckers you provided me with. And the GM would look at the players and the scouts would look at the coaches, I mean, and say, yeah, well, you're just not coaching them right. So right. There, there's this, there's this disconnect. Um, you know, coaches have to kind of think about today, think about to a degree, you know, this year, because, you know, it is, as, uh, as Jerry Glanville said, NFL stands for not for long, but oh, it's, that's right. it's, it's the general manager's job to think about, uh, you know, five years. Um, you know, we were talking about this last night. We were at a uh, high school soccer game. Uh, you know, and I don't know if this rumor's true, and I remember hearing it at the time that the, the Chargers were willing to trade Phillip Rivers to the Titans in exchange for the pick that eventually became Mariota, and of course they didn't take it. Uh, I don't think anyone could argue that if that was a true opportunity for the Titans, that they would have been way better off these last five years with uh, Phillip Rivers. Now, how long is he going to play? Another yeah. couple years, maybe. Uh, you know, if Mariota had, <laughs> if had he had played in out, Tennessee, John, I don't know how many more years he would have played. Well, they, you know? they would be better than they were, or they've been. Now, you know, Philip Rivers may, let's say, five years. He plays three more years. So if right. he'd been quarterback here for eight years, effectively quarterback, quarterbacking this team, you know, Mariota had worked out and he had played 15, 16, 17 years. Well, then obviously that would have been the right move. But so far, so good. If they had taken uh, that trade and gotten Rivers, they would have been better off. I don't see how anyone could argue against that. So. Oh yeah, no, better off. Yeah, but still, to what degree? Well, again, uh, Thursday night game. For yeah. some reason, the uh, the NFL likes the Titans Jaguars on Thursday night. At least it wasn't uh, later in the season. They got it out of the way here early <laughs> on. That's one way to look at it. I know it. I don't know if anyone's seen this. Uh, two weekends ago, two games ago. Uh, the Titans had that fire on the sidelines. They had some pyrotechnics that went went up in smoke. The NFL today announced that they're banning all pyrotechnics uh, mm. in the stadium. They don't. I mean, just imagine if that had gotten out of hand. You get 70,000 people in there trying to get out through those concourses. Not good. Not good. Let's no. let's change uh, change direction real quick and talk a little baseball. If sure. We could just to get this out of the way. The season's winding down. Um, you know, right now, I'll just kind of put this out there. Here's the standings in the American League. Uh, we've got the Yankees, uh, just won their 100th game. Um, Houston's won 100 games, but played one less game. They've won less, one less, one fewer loss. So technically, they are in first place when it comes to the American League standings. Uh, the Twins are leading the Central. And it looks like the Indians and the Athletics, uh, the Athletics have 92 uh, wins, the Indians have 90, the Rays have 90, so that could, you know, that could fluctuate there. But the Indians have, uh, looks like a tiebreaker. So if the season were to end today, 
um, you would get the um, the Indians Tampa whichever one of them comes out of there would play the the A's okay and then the winner of that would play the Astros and the Twins and the Yankees so that's that's where we're sitting right now um, just one question would you rather see the Indians or the Rays you got any you mean if I'm if you're uh, just, another... just from a fan's perspective oh from a fan Indians. You Indians. Have the Indians in yeah. there? Um, it's been a while since they won the World Series. Uh, you know, not that a lot of wild card teams end up uh, end up winning the World Series. It has happened, but um, yeah, I think you got to pull for the Indians. Just sure. It's been so so long. So you know, let's just say let's say it's the Indians and the A's, and then who do you think might come out in that one on top? Any any clue yet? You know. <sighs> The Indians, I, I think, they have the better starting pitching, okay, so, so I'd have to side with them. Uh, you don't think there's any chance the Indians advance and beat the Astros? No, I, I'm not so sure even that the Yankees, uh, if they were to get to the so game you, with the Astros, that they could do it. I think the you've, you've Astros liked, are the like best me, team. you think the Yankees and the Astros are playing for the pennant? I do, and okay. I think Houston goes on. Uh, uh, Same thing. I think that just in overall, I don't trust uh, Yankees starting pitching to be consistent when it needs to be. And, uh, you know, with those big bats comes lulls of, of uh, run scoring for the Yankees. And uh, otherwise, shoot, there's no telling how many World Series they would have won by now. The Nas National League's a little more cut and dry. Yeah. You've got the Dodgers. Uh, they've got, what, 98 wins. Man, the Dodgers are good. I, I got to be honest with you, not to even – Cut to the chase. I, the Dodgers are so good. I would be so shocked if they don't win the whole thing. Okay. Um, well, let's just so Dodgers and Braves have clinched a playoff spot. The Dodgers, of course, have clinched their division. Yeah. Um, Braves have 94 wins, and the Cardinals have uh, 86. So they're leading. Uh, it's pretty cut and dried against the Nationals and the Brewers. Both have 83 wins. The Diamondbacks have 78. Um, Cubs have 82. I suppose there's a chance the Cubs could catch. Uh, the Brewers, but right now there's a game separating them. So right now it would be the Nationals and the Brewers. Um, I would take the Nationals in that series. Yeah, uh, based on their pitching? Based on pitching, yeah, you've got uh, a couple injuries there for the Brewers it, recently. The, You know what? I don't even know if it's so much, of course, Washington has the better pitching or if uh, the Brewers just do not. They, they just do not have good pitching. Okay, and well, so Nationals at the Dodgers. Again, you just said you think the Dodgers are going to win the pennant and go yeah. to the World Series. But Cardinals-Braves, who do you think the, the Dodgers are playing? I think it's going to be the Braves. Okay, so yeah. Dodgers-Braves. Braves are good enough to get there. Astros-Yankees, and then Astros-Dodgers. Yes. So, okay. So. And, uh, I, it, you know, the thing for the Dodgers for me is if you've been paying attention at all, they've been doing it in, you know, obviously there's 162 games in a season. And there are literally a lot of games the Dodgers should have lost, you know, just because of the way the game was going. And they just never give up. And they've got uh, – they. it's funny because they've had a lot of the same players for a while, but it's just all coming together this year. Well, let me ask you this. It doesn't – you know, you just think there's so much difference between the two leagues. I mean, the Astros and the Yankees have won more games than the Dodgers. Yeah. Two games, not a, not a huge deal, but – uh, oh, I'm not saying the World Series won't be a great series. I'm okay. not even saying I'm not saying uh, the Dodgers are going to sweep whoever they play. 
uh, you know, and when it gets to that point, let's face it, anything can happen, you know, by that point. But um, so just not, I'm just giving the credit to the Dodgers uh, for, you know, they've. I think there have been years past where a lot of people thought they should do it, and uh, they sort of just didn't have that spirit. This year they've got that spirit. They've they're getting it done one way or another, and I think that belief grows and. Uh, sometimes that belief is unstoppable when it's well when when when, when and if the, the World Series come around and it's Astros Dodgers I'll take the Astros we can sure. put a little yeah, yeah. well uh, if people don't know you're a Detroit fan and uh, like you said you're also a player guy and you'd be pulling for uh, Verlander Verlander who which I can't bet against him that's for sure individually um, yeah, he's unbelievable. He's a freak of nature, and also having one of the best or uh, another great season. I know he threw the no hitter a few weeks ago, but yeah, the Astros are solid. Don't get me wrong. I think that's why I picked them in the AL. They're just the most well-rounded. Uh, the Yankees, even though they've got the the depth, uh, that pitching just doesn't. It, it worries me. Okay. Well, we're we're going to talk a little bit about this weekend's uh, college and NFL games here in a second. But we did want to uh, touch on a subject that's been hanging out there for uh, some years. Uh, it just got uh, sort of thrown to the uh, the front of the uh, the news. Uh, California enacting a law basically deals with paying college players. Uh, I think New York is kind of sniffing around the uh, the same same neck of the woods um, and you and I were talking and there's there's different proposals out there there's different plans there's different uh, I guess uh, interests that people have you know should the colleges directly play the, uh, pay these players uh, or and or should they be able to sign endorsement contracts uh, appearance fees uh, things like that I, d I don't think that there's really a consensus out there for uh, one direction, um, you know, I, I personally believe this is ridiculous. Uh, anybody who argues that the players are being taken advantage of, or uh, as as a, we both have daughters who are freshmen in college. Um, I know your daughter's playing college soccer. Uh, my daughter got uh, a nice uh, partial academic scholarship, but. If they were getting full rides, I think we'd both be pretty happy. Sure. Um, That's always nice. <laughs> and, and would not expect, uh, you know, to feel that they were being exploited because they were playing uh, college sports. Uh, you know, the endorsement part of it, I, I do uh, feel a little more uh, sympathy or empathy for a guy like Tim Tebow or Johnny Manziel or one of these, uh, you know, big-time college guys and and you walk into the uh, into the bookstore on campus and they're selling his jersey and you know maybe it doesn't have his name on the back of it but people are buying that because it's Tebow's number and, and you know should they be able to get something for that yeah uh, you know I guess the uh, the plan where that would be put in some sort of trust and they could get it upon graduation would would be a little more um, a little more up my alley, but you know, you brought it up, and I'll, yeah. I'll let you talk. Is you know, well, from a recruiting standpoint, you know, 
schools in big cities are probably going to have an advantage. You know, if you're at USC with all the business there, or, you know, granted there's really no big time college football or uh, not really even a college basketball team in New York City anymore, you know, St. John's or Seton Hall or Rutgers or someone like that, but, you know, I can't see the New York City businesses trying to rush and, and sign up the Rutgers quarterback to endorse something when, um, but, you know, versus a school like Iowa or Nebraska, you know, struggling yeah. to, so, you know, it, it could, you know, is Tuscaloosa, Alabama going to be com able to compete with USC when it comes to endorsement opportunities for players? No. Um, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> but, I mean, well. you know, there's loads of Alabama alumni around the country. So, um, you know, I remember there was a, when I was working for the Browns, we used to have to get all the media guides. That was one of my jobs was to call around and, and get all these media guides and um, the scouts would go into, you know, say Alabama and they'd get a couple copies of the media guy and they'd mail them to us. So that way we had the media guy there in the office, you know. Um, and I remember there was a school, I think it was Arkansas. In every kid's bio, they had their, you know, their high school information, you know, say a kid's a senior. They, freshman year, redshirted. Redshirt freshman year, uh, you know, played in three games and they'd have their stats and everything. And then at the bottom in their personal, you know, attendance so-and-so high school, son of Mr. and Mrs. Smith and then it would have their address in there mm. for some reason these kids had their address in their bio and I was like looking at it going what is this and one of the older crotchety scouts goes that's so the alumni can mail money to their house and yeah. bypass any kind of right and I was like oh my god I mean the stories I heard about it re recruiting and the lengths people went to cheat when I was coaching uh, in college and working in the pros it would just turn your stomach well, you know, and I don't even know half of them. But where ahead. where I got onto the subject, I just happened to have the TV on, and Tim Tebow was talking about it, and he was very strongly against any form of college athletes being paid in any way, shape, or form, whether it be endorsement, uh, paying them from the university, whatever. I I just don't know how it could possibly ever be done. I mean, because like you were just talking about, John. The level of corruption that already existed in recruiting, okay, uh, and I'll go ahead and throw this in there. One of the best movies about this is Blue Chips. It's a basketball movie with Shaquille O'Neal, Anthony Hardaway, Nick Nolte, and uh, the, the thing is, is that you think, oh, well, it's a movie. It's probably not even close to what actually went on, and so how do you go ahead now? and say, oh, wait a second, this is going to be okay. Where does the line get drawn? Where are the boundaries with this thing to where even what you were talking about, a guy whose jersey's being sold, you know, I just don't think it can be done to where it would not, you wouldn't go off the reservation with it. And all of a sudden, I think, gosh, I, like I said, I just couldn't even, even fathom a way where it just doesn't invite further corruption and almost ruin college football or college sports. Well, you know, one, one of the uh, the most common, I guess, uh, not recruiting violations, but the extra benefits that uh, college players get are these kind of no-show jobs and these, uh, these jobs where they, they get paid in the summer um, to go do stuff and they really don't end up doing stuff, is the amount of phony endorsements that you would have. 
um, where they would, you know, an alumni living in Tuscaloosa. Just I'm just right. Gonna, it would all come back to I, I want. A, I'm going to way to recruit these players. I'm going to pay to ten thousand dollars to just show up at my auto dealership. What what it Sundays. was Sundays. Listen, I, I'll tell you this quick story. Uh, I'm not going to bring up any schools' names, but I will tell you the sport. Uh, I used to. When I was in college, I'd go home for summer vacation. I went to school in Mississippi, was from the South Florida area. So I had a buddy of mine and we used to do some auction work. And so we went ahead and I'd work for my buddy and you know we'd hang out, but we had a good time with it, but we worked. Well, the guy in charge of the, the business, let's just put it this way, he was an alumni of a certain school and allowed some basketball players to come work. And yeah, yeah, they showed up, I'll give them that. But that was about it. And they were making more than me who was actually working. And, and now granted, that's not the worst case of what we're talking about. But it's like, th this is the whole subject here. At what point do you not, not have uh, college football, let's just say, for instance, because that would be where it's probably the most uh, likely to happen. Uh, so you've got this league of which now there's, like I said, I don't know what rules you could make up to where it's like having the NFL with no salary cap. And so you're going to have the, the big schools who are, of course, going to always be in the top five or ten. And it's never going to give these. It's just not what college football was meant to be. It's not, you know, well, I these mean, smaller schools an opportunity to compete. I'll, You'd I'll, almost have to come up with a, a separate league. Well, I'll put what we have now isn't what college football was supposed to be so I don't think I understand. that's indicate. but there's so many cases of have and have nots I mean you've got Alabama and Clemson and you've got Vanderbilt you've got you know one of the problems with Vanderbilt is you know tuition is a lot higher at a Vanderbilt than it is at a Tennessee uh, you know and technically the school the athletic department is supposed to pay the school uh, for those scholarships so you know that's one disadvantage right there um, secondly I would be surprised if Vanderbilt football turns a profit so now they've got to pay those kids where's right. that money coming from right you know Alabama I'm sure generates a lot more income than their operating expenses are when it comes to football even with Nick Saban making but you know, that, that's, what, 20 schools in the country? 25 schools in the country maybe make a profit when it comes to football? Where is that money going to come from? Not to mention, and here's the part I never see, do we only think that the football players and maybe the basketball players are getting paid? Do we truly think that's where it stops? No. We don't think that the girls' basketball team is going to expect to get paid and the girls' swimming and... Do the girls' swimming team gets paid and the boys' swimming team doesn't get paid because there's 85 players on the, the football team and, and there's got to be equal representation under Title IX? I don't know where all this money would come from. As right. much as they talk about how much money there is in college sports, I don't see where there's enough money to pay all these kids. Yeah. And there's no way on earth it's only going to be limited to the revenue-generating sports. Yeah, it's just a can of worms I don't think you can open because then where does it end? And I, I couldn't even imagine, like you're talking about there, uh, do we do Title IX all over again? Okay, well, uh, 
they're getting this, so the player gets that, and now the rest of what the player is getting is is the, a percentage of it going to go to the school, and then how is that dispersed amongst all the athletic programs? It's it's just not even a road that's uh, worth going down for the universities. I don't think. I don't think they well, want it. Do that, they? That, well, eh, I, I don't know. My question is this: is if it does come to fruition, yeah. how many schools are going to opt out? Right. I mean, let's say they just overnight said, you know, every college player is going to get an extra ten grand over and above their scholarship. You know, so how many kids are in an athletic program at a place like Alabama? I don't know. A couple, a thousand? Yeah, not a huge percentage. Not a huge amount, but, you know, is a school like, uh, well, Vanderbilt or Duke or Stanford or... Uh, Miami of Ohio or you know one of these schools just can say you know what we can't swing that right we yeah, can't wanna, swing that well it comes back to hey and they just you want to emphasize sports you want a good education and you want it paid for we'll honor that but that's where it ends with us and if we've got to go ahead and not live up to the competitive uh, history that we have at this school well so be it because I do think there's like you said there's a lot of schools that are just not going to not going to uh, go ahead and buy into that at all. Yeah, I, I would be really, uh, I would be really sad if they started playing college players. Oh, we're watching ESPN. They're showing the, <laughs> the, the thing burning on the sidelines of the Titans game. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think oh. college sports are so <laughs> corrupt as it is to have something like that show up and further corrupt it. And then how do you work it out? I mean, you know, granted, it's been a long time, but when I was a grad student at Ohio State, I did a study on um, the athletic department's finances, and I went in and interviewed one of the athletic directors, and he, he kind of walked me through the amount of money that was generated uh, by the athletic department. And granted, again, the football team made money, the basketball team made money, but as a whole, and maybe there was creative accounting, I don't know, but as a whole, the athletic department did not make money. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that go into, I mean, especially a football team. How many guys on a roster in college? Well, it was 85 scholarships. Right. So, you know, some of the state schools, <laughs> they could have 100, 100 and something. But so, you know. A school like Vanderbilt, we had very few walk-ons because, they, you know. They got to travel to a game. They get on an airplane. They, they're in a hotel. I mean, they're feeding these guys. It's, you know, it, it seems like a lot that they're that's coming in, but... Uh, there's a lot well, that's going out too. And, you know, and again, Title Nine. There's been. Uh, I don't think. I'm not sure they've ever decided on a way to measure Title Nine. Um, you know, should should the athletic opportunities for women and men reflect the enrollment of a school? Should they affect the proportion? Um, you know, or should it just be equal? Women should have the. At, you know the the same number. That's why I see a lot of these schools like Vanderbilt added a bowling team. Schools have crew teams. Uh, they add these uh, women's sports because they've got to make up for the football team. Right. You know they've got 85 scholarships. They've got to find 85 scholarships in women's sports somewhere. And you'll get some schools like at Notre Dame. I don't know if it's the same way, but it used to be is you've got a women's swim team and a men's swim team. They practice together. They have the same coach, if I'm not mistaken. And all the women are on scholarship and none of the men are. Let me ask you a question, John. Uh, funny that you brought that up. First of all, the bowling team at Vanderbilt, was that 
they uh, won a national championship. They won two. Two national championships. But my question is this. Didn't they do away with boys soccer because of Title IX? Oh, that has happened. I mean, the, the lack of wrestling teams on yeah. a near collegiate level um, <clears throat> is, is, I think, uh, partly to blame by Title IX. There's not enough resources for everyone, so consequently, um, you know, consequently, you know, they've they've put in not only have they added lady sports, but they've they've uh, reduced men's opportunities. And, and 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 again, I can't argue. You know, I've got three daughters. Soccer. Uh, I would never ever want them to not have an opportunity to pursue sports either in high school or college if that's what they want to do. Right. Um, but at the expense of men, um, uh, you know, it's kind of it's kind of <laughs> sad. I, I understand what you're saying. I, I know we're teetering that line now, uh, but it's true. We might have gone a little too far the other way. Well, you've uh, got a, a son and a daughter. Your I've got daughter a son and a daughter, plays yeah. college sports. Yeah, uh, and look, I don't know, you know if my son will ever wind up uh, competing for an athletic scholarship or not, but it, it doesn't affect my opinion. It's one of these things that, you know, hey, it was a nice thought at the beginning. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, you went ahead, and now the Vanderbilt soccer or boys soccer program is no more. And so well, – I should add, I know nothing about the boys soccer if it ever well, – you know. They had one, yeah. and then I think Title IX made it to where that was how they evened it out. Uh, so. Well, and, and uh, you know, one way to give uh, the proportional opportunities to women is to have fewer for men. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's I guess it's a combination of number of athletes versus you know number of scholarships, and, and you know that's uh, kind of what happens with Notre Dame. Is granted they've got a men's swim team, so they've got maybe equal numbers, but none of the boys get a scholarship. And again, that, that was years ago that I noticed that. So I, you know, who, who knows if that's still the case. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have, I haven't seen, nor do I know how they would ever get around paying, you know, football players, basketball players, and not paying the field hockey team. I just don't know how they would do that. So. Well, I, I guess it's about what's available, what's coming their way. Um, you know, you don't see too much field hockey on TV, and I guess it's I, – I don't – like you said, I don't know where this money is coming from. That I don't know if it's fly. just an endorsement thing or if it's the school paying the athlete. I, I really – I don't know that I know enough about how this can even be done to where they're proposing it. I yeah. <laughs> I just don't see how to fly that, okay, the, the, the Alabama football team made $10 million in profit. Let's just say. I don't know okay. if they did. Yeah, or nice if, round number. And there's 85 guys, and they get to split that. I mean, is it profit sharing? Because, I mean, what? there's got to only be like 20 teams that make money when it all comes down to it. You know, Tennessee State is not making money on football. No, but it's whatever they going. get, they put back into the program and or whatever their needs are. So yeah. it's going someplace good, but well, anyways, but yeah, we, we could probably talk about this for the rest of our. I lives. think we're in agreement though that it's not a good idea no, to I go just... there, uh, and and I think we probably under touched on the level of corruption with recruiting, and it, it's just one of those things where everybody or a lot of schools do it, and then the one that gets caught probably takes the brunt of the punishment for the ones who don't get caught. I've never really thought that was fair. Um, because 
<laughs> I guess if you get caught, you get caught. It's like anything else in life. But let's face it, the, these teams, a lot, the majority of them that are in the top five, top ten every year, to say that they don't have creative ways to go around uh, breaking the rules to get uh, the top recruiting, ridiculous. Yeah, watch watch uh, Blue Chips. Great movie if you haven't seen it. I'm sure most of you have. You don't need to watch Blue Chips. Just Google it. It's still I mean, it's still they're all getting busted for it to one degree or another. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, the FBI right now investigating college basketball, and, and I think that, I think there was a lot of smoke earlier where everyone thought that maybe they were going to take down college basketball as an institution and it really hasn't panned out. Uh, but you've got, like, the LSU coach is, is on tape. They've got him, like, on a wiretap talking about paying a guy. He's still the LSU coach. Because <laughs> I guess he was vague enough. He couldn't really, uh, you know, I, was, I mean, the, the stories I've heard, and again, they're Well, that all, might not be enough to... They might have actually had to have had they evidence in the transaction. They suspended him for a few games. Yeah, they maybe while they were games. looking for evidence. But I don't he came know. back like for the tournament or whatever, and uh, he's still the coach there. And uh, and you know, to a degree, part of it is. Yeah, you know, I had a friend of mine way back in the day, in the mid twenties, who wanted to be a college coach, and and he at one point said he would do whatever it took to win. I'm like, so you're gonna like go out and cheat? He goes, yeah. And I said, really, you don't feel like, you know, that would, you know, let's say you did win a national championship, but you cheated. Wouldn't that bother you? Wouldn't you be worried that, you know, you'd get caught after the fact? Like, look at Pete Carroll. Mm -hmm. You know, they won a national championship, and they got busted for cheating on a couple different levels. And I look at that as like, you know what, that's bogus what he won. And he's like, no, because everyone does it. So I guess to a degree, to be competitive, yeah. In this world, if everyone's doing it, are you really any worse? And then, like you mentioned, okay, this team got caught, but this team didn't. And there's a black mark or an asterisk or a, you know a check mark by that they get to forfeit their games. Right. Now go look. If you Google and go to Wikipedia, top, you know, most winningest college teams in history, college football teams in history, all of them have like an asterisk next. To them. And down <laughs> below it says had to vacate 18 wins from 1993 to 1994. Yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you a funny story right, real all quick. All of them. Got to tell you. have had to forfeit is, games. Um, in high school even. This is the high school level. The biggest game I ever played in in high school. We played in the sectional championship once. This is in South Florida. And uh, we're trying to get to the final four. And we lost to a team called Miami Sunset. And if you go back and look, they went on to win the state championship. And it was taken away from them. They had a couple players who were actually... I don't know, too old and eligible in some way, shape, or form, but it didn't do us any good. Yeah, do, um, do you all of a sudden get, you know, the team they beat, are they now the state champions? Yeah, no, it's, if you are, who wants it like that? Yeah. You know, you don't want it like that. It's it's one of those things, it's just... It's like in uh, it's, Talladega Nights, you know? At the end, when Will Farrell and uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, they like run, <laughs> and they get disqualified because they both got out of their car, and... Uh, Cal Norton Jr. ends up winning, but he came well, up, you know. And, you know, going back to the Pete Carroll thing, wasn't that where that was the same situation where Reggie Reggie Bush had to yeah, give Reggie back the Bush Heisman, was getting, Yeah, he had to give back the Heisman. I mean, you know, so it's it's like either get your hands around this thing or you're tarnishing the game, you know, I'm talking about the NCAA as far as how they enforce punishment. I Whenever I, I get know. 
uh, whenever I get like into a college game or I look forward to a college game like Notre Dame Georgia we're gonna talk about this in a little bit when we look at Notre Dame Georgia and I like go watch that game Saturday night I'll be in a in a bar somewhere watching that and I just feel I feel awful about myself because it's like so hypocritical the corruption you have in college sports and then for me to get jazzed about a game now again right. I, I, I have friends who kind of work in in that world and I know that there are certain schools like I know that Michigan now again I, I don't know anything about since Harbaugh has been there but I know when before Harbaugh and again, I have no reason to think Harbaugh's corrupt or, or, or cheats. But I know that Michigan, for the longest time, was a clean program. I can't talk about their boosters. I can't talk about, uh, you know, the bar owners and the restaurant owners and the people who, in Ann Arbor, who probably gave football players free meals and free drinks. And I, I don't know anything about that. But I knew that the coaches weren't involved in anything. Because okay. I had a friend who was at a rival school, and I asked him, and, and he said, "No, they're pretty clean." Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if they are now, but I, I, and I know Wisconsin is a clean program, more or less. I'll tell you. So, what, like that game, what? I can watch that game and not feel <laughs> bad about myself. But when I watch like Alabama play, it really I feel bad. I feel dirty about myself. I hate to say it. <laughs> You're a good guy, John. Well, anyway, you're better than the rest of us in that sense. Let's, but, uh, let's move on. Speaking of college games, since we're on the college, let's talk right, about. Sure. There's three games this weekend. Uh, the first, or uh, there's more than three games, I should say. <laughs> there's there's three games that uh, match, you know, kind of name programs. The first is that Michigan, <laughs> excuse me, Wisconsin game, and that's in Camp Randall in Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin um, is a currently a three and a half point favorite, so that's a pretty tight spread. So that's you know, sometimes it doesn't matter, but that should be a good one. And you know, Michigan uh, has really not lived up to the hype that when Harbaugh was hired, they haven't really played well against ranked teams. The Patriots have released Antonio Brown. Wow. Interesting. I thought I read let's, something about that. Let's put that on the back burner. We're going to yeah. talk about that here in a second. Sure. Um, Maybe we'll cut the college football time a little. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll just go through yeah. these games quick. So, again, Michigan at Wisconsin. Um, you know, Wisconsin really has been a consistent team. You know, really good. They're not elite. But, you know, 9-3, and 10-2. and two, uh, They've... You know they lose to Ohio State and they you know here and there, but you know Wisconsin they've got this kid, this running back who scored all sorts of touchdowns. Um, I, I think Wisconsin wins that game. I do too. Yeah. So next game Auburn Texas A&M Texas A&M this is kind of a you know a must win for them. They've lost. Granted it was to Clemson. Uh, Auburn you know went out in on a neutral site beat Oregon. Who was you know is highly thought of. He's got a good prospect there, quarterback. So this this is going to be an important game for Texas A&M. Uh, I think Auburn is probably favored, if I'm not mistaken. No, actually, uh, no. Texas A&M is four, 
in some places now down to three and a half. Uh, I do think. So is that, that all home field? Well, just about. Yeah. But you know, I got to tell you, uh, Auburn the last several years has been a very uh, popular public team, and so to see them getting four points anywhere, whether it's home or on the road, yeah, you know, I'm gonna have to go with Texas A&M in this one. Really? Yeah. That's a lot of points. I mean, it's not a lot of points, actually, but still, it's to be over a field goal, Auburn getting over a field goal with the perception that the public has had with them. I, I just think that Auburn's a team the public does not want to bet against. Hmm. And for right for good reason most of the time. But in this case, yeah, I think there's, there's yeah. a reason that line is four or down three and a half now, but that makes sense too because they're, I think people will continue to bet on Auburn, but they wouldn't have released such a high number. I'm going to... I think Texas A&M wins the game. Okay, and that's purely based on your Vegas. Yes, it's. Mojo. I have just looked at this. Uh, I haven't even come up with my own point spread in that game, which I would normally do if I was going to go wager on it, which I will do later. Uh, look at it like that. But from from that, I, I feel good about Texas A&M. Okay, and then, the then the night game, 7 p.m. Uh, I don't know. Is that Central Time? Yeah, Central Time. 7 p.m. Central Time. No Dame. Goes down to play Georgia in Athens. What's your line on that? Do you have a line? Well, it opened at 11 and a half offshore and is now at 14 and a half, which is, wow. that's a drastic move. Um, a lot of money on Georgia. Uh, I, it's, it's, all, it's all team speed. I mean, everyone just thinks Georgia's too fast for them. They've got, uh, everyone really likes the quarterback. There's just too many athletes on that Georgia team. And, and then you throw in the home field advantage. Well, and I think a lot of people uh, saw that game. Uh, it was the probably was a Thursday night game, Notre Dame at Louisville. And Notre Dame, even though they came away winning by, I believe, 18 points, Just didn't look very good. sloppy, very sloppy. Yeah, it's their first game of the year, I guess. Um, yeah, but they were playing a team that had won like uh, two games the year before. So. Uh, well, but you know what? People don't really perceive Louisville as, as being a losing team at that point. I mean, Louisville's had a good run the last 10 years, and granted, they didn't have a good year last year, but I, I still think people look at Louisville as a better team. Well, as far as win-lose, there's no doubt in my mind Georgia's going to win this game. Uh, whether they cover that spread or not, I probably wouldn't fool with that because of the... Because, let me away, explain why, though. Just because of that spread. movement, I wouldn't want to get caught in the middle of the opening line and the closing line, which is, you know, very possible... Uh, if the game lands on 13, 14, two popular numbers, I wouldn't want to get caught in the middle on that. That, so, is, a, that is a big spread. I, you know, it would be a huge upset, obviously. Oh, yeah. 14 points. Oh, that just, would be the story of the week. I just think perception if Notre Dame were to beat Georgia. Um, you know, I, I'm one of these guys who I want them all to lose. <laughs> like, I want Notre Dame to beat Georgia. And then I want, you know, Michigan State or Michigan. Do you or, want to make a case for the the, uh, the playoff having more teams? You know what? Yes and no. Yes and no. I mean, the uh, you know, the, what used to be one double A, I'll always call it one double A. They've got a wider playoff, and they seem to be able to pull it off. Um, Division three football's got a pretty wide. Uh, playoff schedule and you know I just don't know why uh, I just don't know why Division 1 FBS FCS I can never listen I'm straight. I'm all for 
a bigger playoff. And I've even had this idea. Now, granted, I don't know how it would all come together. But let's face it. There are a tremendous amount of bowl games now that there weren't even back when we were growing up. There are more now than ever. And it, you know, I just don't, they don't have much meaning. They don't hardly have any meaning. They have meaning to the teams that play in them and to a degree, not all of them, because a lot of them don't get great uh, attendance, but they have, you know. Right. I went to the New Mexico Bowl once. I'm trying to remember who played in it. I think it was UTEP and BYU in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Right. And it was December 17th mm-hmm. or 22nd or something like that. And, you know, it was played at University of New Mexico, which does not have a huge stadium. Um, the Lobos do not draw very well. And, um, you know, it wasn't a sellout, but it had a pretty good crowd. And, you know, the city of Albuquerque had, you know, events around it. And it was, it was not a bad, excuse me, it was not a, a bad thing for that town. But BYU, I think, ended up winning. And, you know, there's, let's say there's 32 bowl games. That's 32 teams that can say, hey, we went to a bowl game and we won. Yeah. But, and then that's another 32 teams that say, hey, we went to a bowl game last year. And they get to put a little banner or something. But you know what I'm saying, John, is this. You've had teams in the past, uh, who was it, uh, Boise State, who was undefeated at the time, you know? And yeah, yeah. I just don't believe that, you know, a team that goes undefeated, what was it, uh, who was the other one recently? Central well, Florida? I mean, yeah, yeah, Central Florida. Okay, so. The last two years has had a good. Right, so. And they just went and stomped on Stanford last And week. I'm not going to be ridiculous and say that, oh, they meet up with Alabama and they're able to beat them, but you know, Play it out to where well they and, and, did the two years ago when they went and feed, they beat Auburn in a in a, in a bowl game yeah. a couple of years ago Boise State they but beat then that's it. Oklahoma in a bowl game but then that's it my and well, so that's that's my point John is so you've gone ahead and even though our common sense tells us well you can't compete with the best in the SEC give them that chance and have those games to where they're elimination games can you imagine they're putting these bowl games on TV. All right, a lot of people aren't watching. Even I'm not watching, and I'll get, I I can't even well, bring myself to gamble some, on some somehow, of these games. Somehow, some way, there somebody's getting something out of them. I understand the, what I'm saying is they can get so much more if you go ahead and make it to where it's let's say even an 18 playoff. But how many now, bowl games are there? I mean, oh, I, gosh, you, know, you were probably about right. <laughs> I would guess somewhere how in there. How many? I should have uh, Katie, our producer, <laughs> but, look this yeah. up. But I'll just, while you're looking that up, John, what, all I'm trying to say is, can you imagine the amount of revenue generated in games that are elimination games, uh, you know, rather than these bowl games that at the end, yeah, they give a team a trophy and that's the end of the season. The games are going to be that much more competitive. When you're playing for your playoff life to play another game, there's no greater thing in sports. And people want to watch that. So why not give the fans more of that that's that's where I'm coming from. I mean, whether that team, you know, and who knows, maybe one of these days, one of those uh, Boise states winds up and upsets one of these teams that you thought was going to win, and we will then know we were wrong all along. Well, but here's here's what I, I think we're forgetting is, uh, well, let's just say there's 30 bowl games. I can't look it up. It, uh, all it these things like on it. Google Believe are like me. how many bowl games are, and then they just list them, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to count them here. I don't want to bore everyone. <laughs> 
let's say there's 30 of them, okay? That's 60 teams that go to a bowl. How many, how many teams are going to make a playoff? 16? Well, it depends. I mean, that's still yet to be determined. We'd so have to work it out. So you go from 60 teams that go to a bowl yeah. to 16. Oh, now, no. you could do this, those 16 teams, and then you could still have a bowl game. You could still have BYU and yes, Utah. Yes, yes. That's, I'm not saying do away with all the rest of the bowl games. You can still have those. You can still have your uh, whatever. I don't uh, listen. It's gotten to the point where I used to know them, the Rose Bowl, the Peach Bowl, the Orange Bowl, you know, and now they're all whatever the endorsement of the year is in that stadium. I think, you know, that's sort of cheapened it for me a little, but I get it. It's about money. But on that point, you want more money, you want more, you want bigger, you want to be able to sell the uh, name of the game for a bigger price, make that game an elimination playoff game. And they've done it, you know, with the playoff, obviously, but have more of those. Oh, it's only, and especially, and I, I feel obligated to say this, it is one of my favorite subjects. With the legalization of sports gambling coming along in more and more states, uh, you get these games people want to bet on sports anyway don't get me wrong but you go ahead and put these games in the context of which i'm talking about with meaning and you're going to generate even more 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 interest overall more for everybody <laughs> well I, I think there's some truth to that but uh, you know if if they if they go to 16 teams and then you've got these 30 or so however many 40 or so that if they didn't have a bowl game, or having a 16-team playoff makes the bowl games irrelevant. You know what, as we're sitting here talking about, I'm thinking about it too, but uh, you know what, you're right. Maybe that will go ahead and make it to where, all right, these bowl games that we think are meaningless now, they might have well, absolutely but, zero okay, meaning, so except for the kids. Think about this though, think, yeah. of, think of the NCAA tournament. Think of NCAA State winning, winning the national championship. As a long shot, think of Butler, right? Kind of, you know, going through as a long shot, and how excited and, and the great sports moments we've had mm. when mm. the like when a number sixteen, I think it's only happened once or twice, beats a number one in the NCAA tournament. You know, you imagine if let's say just for argument's sake, um, let me look here. I'm gonna I'm gonna look up the rankings. So you know, I'm sure Alabama or Clemson is ranked number one, right? Yeah, either either one of them. It could be different in each poll, yeah. but no, I'm listen. I'm, I'm totally. Who do you think sixteen? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'll look it up. Top twenty. But I'm I'm on to what you're saying. I think that you know, and and I I understand it's challenging in that. Obviously, there's a time frame to play this out. You can't play football every two days. I understand that. But there's got to be a system that we can we can try to where what you're talking about. Try to, and it's hard to compare it to March Madness because, like I said, you can't play football every other day. But man, okay. I think you're Oregon, on to something. Oregon is ranked number 16 right now. Right. now you, you, Central Florida's 15th. So right now, Alabama's number two. So in theory, if you had a 16-team playoff, Oregon's playing Clemson, UCF is playing Alabama. Well, you could, you'd probably have a bye in the first round, maybe. Yeah, it, it just, well, there's no. a million ways to go. It can be done, is my point, and it would be great for the fans. You know, it's just one of these things well, where... Well, six, 16 teams would go down to eight, which would go down to four. Which, that would be four games. 
that's manageable. Okay. You, just, you would have to start the right. season, oh. and you'd have to be done by like Thanksgiving. Or what you do is you you take out a couple of these meaningless games during your regular season, like uh, okay, Tennessee just played uh, Chat Ch- uh, University of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Okay, maybe limit to All eleven. Right. So you scratch that game. game. That's one less game, and now yeah, you can start. To, it can be done. Is the point? Have we sat and mapped it out as to what the perfect format is? No, that's not our job. If, I, I'll tell you what, if somebody gave me the job, I'd be up for the challenge. Okay, so but, let's, let's just go through this. Clemson, Oregon, Central Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Penn State, Wisconsin, LSU, Texas, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Now, they already play once during the season. Now they're going to play in the playoffs? Well, no. We, uh, well, you know, like I said, you there's know a what, way to Okay, six plays 11, right? Is that how it works out? Michigan, Ohio State. That'd be your playoff game. Be Utah, great. Notre Dame, Florida, Auburn. Those are all great matchups, right. except maybe Utah, Notre Dame. But, I mean, Utah deserves it. They're ranked the 10th. I mean, they're doing some great things there, man. Now, the coaches' poll is a little different. The the one thing I've neglected to even get on to, because I'm talking more from a standpoint of what's good for TV ratings, what's good for, uh, you know, the commercials and the, the networks making money of which I know, you know, obviously the schools will get a piece of that. Well, hell, but you want to know something? If they're going to start playing it college will, players, they better pull this out. There you go. That's uh, we we might have come it. full circle with this whole conversation. Okay, so but let's, you, let's, but let's, one last thing, John, I got to say this. Go ahead. Most important part of this, which should be the number one thing we're looking at, there you're going to eliminate at least nine-tenths of any controversy at the end of the season that someone who deserved a shot didn't get a well, shot. But, okay, so hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So, so let's say you go by the AP Top 25, right? So Texas A&M is 17th. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to get this Texas A&M fans bitching. Oh, why don't we get a chance? I was Because you should have been 18th. 16th and not 17th. That's yeah, but why. in the coaches' poll, Texas <laughs> no, A&M is 15th. I said nine-tenths of the controversy. I yeah. didn't say ten-tenths. Yeah, right now you got four, and the team that comes in five is like, eh, what yeah. No, of course there's always going to be that team. Yeah. But you know what? It's it's just light years ahead of what we have right now, and I know we're going in the right direction. Okay, when so let's just recap. Wisconsin, playoff. we're picking Wisconsin. We're picking. You're picking Texas A&M. Absolutely, I feel good about it. I'm going to take Auburn, and we both think Georgia. Now, we are not telling you to go out and bet your money on these games, all right? Um, let's make that clear. Well, yeah, of course, because the spread. I mean, I don't know if Georgia's going to cover a 14-point spread, but uh, just like straight up. We're no, it, straight actually, up. from yeah, from that standpoint, I don't like that game at all with the spread. They And that's probably what they tried to do was They want people to people bet off. on Notre Dame, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the way the line's going, they're saying they're daring you to take Notre okay, Dame. Well, Here's two touchdowns. Let's let's talk uh, in very easily could be two touchdowns. Uh, let's talk some uh, some pro. We're going to talk three games that are coming up this weekend. Uh, the first one is probably the game of the week. Uh, oh, did you, before you get into that, did you want to get back to Antonio? Brand? Did, did we learn well, anything there, new about there's, that? Uh, you know, I looked at the the press release here. It just says he's been released. And All right, so that'll be our first topic next time. The maybe. New England Patriots are releasing Antonio Brown. The team said in a statement. Um, we appreciate the hard work of many people over the last 11 days, but we feel it's best to move in a different direction. He practiced with the team today. And 
So. All right, ridiculous question. We're obviously having some fun on a Friday Who, who's afternoon. Who's going to pick him up? If if the Patriots win the Super Bowl, does he get a ring? Well, I doubt. All right. Never mind. I think the team votes on that stuff. I say no. The the, the players from the game vote and uh, yeah, he Now the question is does someone sign him? I mean, he's a vested veteran, if I'm not mistaken, well, so he doesn't go through waivers, so anybody can sign. I think it's going to depend on what the pretenses were for why the Patriots released him. Did, well, was I mean, there some new evidence in well, the investigation? Well, we don't know. So right. I think we pick up with that next time. Yeah. We'll get into the game. Yeah, I know there was one we definitely news. wanted we to talk have that. We should have, like, music. Dun, 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 yeah. dun. Breaking news. Okay, so uh, game of the week, probably. 2-0 Ravens at the 2-0 Chiefs. Um... <laughs> So, Mahomes, uh, Lamar Jackson, they both had good games. I think they've both thrown for seven touchdowns in two games. Uh, you know, KC is currently five-and-a-half-point favorite, which, uh, you know, the Chiefs at home, that tells me that that could be a ball game there. I saw this uh, in, a, uh, in a report that, the Chiefs have covered nine consecutive games in September. That is impressive. Yeah. That is impressive. Impressive stat. Uh, uh, what's the over? Has the over changed? Well, it opened at 51 and a half. It's sitting on 52. So, but you know that a lot of so that what, changes what is, closer to game time, closer to Sunday. Uh, that's when most people are going to place so their bets. So 52 is like 32 to 20. Yeah. Uh, that seems low. Well, you know, there there hadn't been a lot of these bigger over-unders uh, have not been going over the first few weeks of the season here. So uh, it does seem like uh, I, I'd have to come up with my total and whatnot, basically, you know, and it, early in the season, it's not as, uh, as great a, a way to come up with it. But what I'll do is average the points for and against for both teams, and that's a starting point anyway. I, I don't think anyone's stopping the Chiefs. The Chiefs could stop themselves. I think they, you know, have a bad game here or there. And I don't think the Chiefs' defense is good enough to stop uh, a quarterback who's playing well, which Lamar Jackson is playing well right now. I could see this being high scoring. Yeah. The Chiefs I, do give I, up. We I, talked about that. The Chiefs do give up a lot of points. It could be. I think this game can go either way. Uh, I think it boils down to this. I don't think the – Ravens have a good enough pass rush this season to stop Mahomes. I think you've got to put pressure on Mahomes, which I don't think it'll be really uh, – I think there's some teams out there who can do that. I just don't think the Ravens are one of them. So. In that instance, off the top of my head, I really do. I would say Baltimore covers that five and a yeah, half. Tariq Hill's I don't not, know if they win. Well, Tariq Hill's not playing. Eric Fisher, their left tackle, I don't think is playing. And uh, Damian Williams is questionable, probable, I don't know, but he may not play. Um, one stat I did see when I was doing some research, Lamar Jackson last year, 15-yard uh, downfield throws was 39% completion. This year he's 57. Mm. Now, you know, guys like me, we're used to seeing Drew Brees, you know, 70, 75% completion, but... Uh, for Lamar Jackson to almost, what is that, 30, 40, almost 20% uh, better than he was last year on throws 15 yeah. yards no, down that's the a field, good that's pretty impressive. Well, and it goes to show you the Ravens knew what they were doing when they made the move from Flacco to 
Well, let's see. Who, who, who got drafted in front of him? Darnold, Josh Allen. Uh, well, the, I can't keep the, two, the Joshes. There's the guy in Buffalo, and there's the guys that... Yeah, that's Josh Allen yeah. in Buffalo. And Josh then, Rosen. Uh, Rosen, and who's Atlanta. now in Miami, right? He's he played for Arizona. Um, Which, sure enough, he'll get his chance at some point to play, yeah, I'm you sure. Yeah, you would think. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams... You know, there was word the Patriots were going to trade up and try and get him. They didn't. Uh, I thought there was a chance the Saints might draft him. This is Lamar Jackson we're talking about, but... Um, so, anyways, yeah. Um, right. I, th- I think this is uh, this could go either way. I'm going to take Baltimore to win the game. Just uh, straight just up. Upset. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The next game I want to talk about is the Saints at Seattle. We've already mentioned Teddy Bridgewater. Um, you know, there's some. There's some little chicanery going on. Uh, Coach Payton has said he's not sure who's going to start. I don't think it's, uh, you know, Taysom Hill or Teddy Bridgewater. You got to believe that Teddy Bridgewater is going to start, but I, I know he's trying to just stick it to the the Seahawks and make them prepare a little bit for Taysom Hill. Uh, I think uh, you're probably going to see a lot more running by the Sea or the Saints. Um, you know, and they're going to probably put in a lot of plays that are more suited to Teddy Bridgewater, uh, his skill set. And I think Bridgewater will play better than he did against the Rams. And uh, I think this will be a, a good game to watch. You know, it, it's not as hard to play in Seattle as it was, you know, four or five years ago. But it's still hard. It's really loud. Really, really loud there. Boy, is it loud. My sister has season tickets to the Saints or the Seahawks and it is a loud stadium so um, they get the 12th man is that the 12th, home of the 12th, 12th man? man they yeah, raise okay. that flag they always have like a Seattle celebrity of some kind uh, one thing uh, I think is that I think the Saints have done well putting pressure on the quarterback in their two games this year and Russell Wilson has been sacked eight times in two games hmm. so um, I think that's a, a an area to watch. I think yeah. if the Saints, you know, Cameron Jordan and, and you know, uh, the Saints defense can put pressure on uh, Russell Wilson, I think that might be the, the turning point in the game, assuming uh, Bridgewater can play adequately. Well, Seattle opened as a six-point favorite. They are now down to four and a half. So uh, with a, the backup coming in, which I know Teddy Bridgewater has been a starter in the league before, but that's that's interesting movement doesn't really equate to a whole lot because we're just going to have to see uh, how Teddy does. I think that's uh, a, a lot of what everybody's going to tune in for. Teddy Bridgewater, here's a little gambling nugget for you. I did some gambling research for you. Very nice. Because I know that's your thing. Teddy Bridgewater is 2 or 12 and 2 against the spread in his career as an underdog. Outstanding. But you do know I, I use a lot of that general perception, uh, those trends that people look into and I sort of use that as the public perception and tend to go against it. Uh, so, but it's useful either way, yeah, however you look at it. Okay, last game I want to just throw out there, Rams at Browns. Rams are 2-0, and they're playing the Browns 1-1 one one in Cleveland. Um, Cleveland has not done a very good job protecting Baker Mayfield. 
part of the reason is Mayfield, I think, holds on to the ball longer than he should. Um, you know, Aaron Donald kind of got banged up in that uh, Saints game. He's, I don't think he's practiced uh, all that much this week. So, you know, I don't know if he'll be 100%, but if he is, it could be a long day for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, uh, he, Cleveland, they beat the Jets, but still just didn't impress me. Uh, the line is making me flinch at this game, though. It opened, uh, the Rams opened at two and a half. I know they're on the road, but they're in Cleveland. It's now at about uh, three, three and a half, depending on where you get it, which is a substantial move. Tremendous amount of money on the Rams. So it's one of those that I don't exactly jump to conclusions that the Rams are a lock in this game. Uh, gosh, I'd rather pass on this game, to be honest with you, as far as a pick, because like I said, there's a tremendous amount of money, but the line is moving with that money. So I would not bet against that, yet I, yeah, that's this is a game I might for now leave alone and reassess it Sunday. The Rams have been favored five of their last seven games and have covered all five when they've been favored. And they've covered six of the past seven games. The only game they didn't cover was the Super Bowl. Yeah, thanks, Rams. Yeah, that was... To think they, uh, the Patriots won that game, what, 13-3 to or 10-3? to That's just... That's pitiful. 13-3. Yeah, the Rams. Way to go, Rams. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, I think the Rams are able to get pressure on Mayfield. I think he uh, doesn't play as well as he needs to to win, and uh, the Rams win this game outright, cover, all that. Yeah. Just... i tell you what, I'm going to say one more thing. Be careful on that game. That looks like it could be a trap. It could be. I just, yeah, it could it get a looks a little too easy for me. Browns, uh, yeah, oh, wow, That's that could be a tricky one there. You know, Miles Garrett gets some pressure. What I mean by that is it's almost too easy to take the Rams there. Okay, so I'm so. just going to throw out, you know, we got Atlanta, Indiana, uh, Detroit at Philly, Denver, Green Bay. You know, Denver's looking at 0-3. You know, do you think they go into Green Bay and might win that game? Uh, let me know. Jets travel to New might. England. Jets travel to New England. Uh, oh, forget it. Jets yeah. are going to be 0-3. Oakland at Minnesota. Uh your glorious uh, hometown, Dolphins, go to Dallas. Uh, that should that'll be another their now, situation. They'll probably run up a lot of points, a lot of yards, Dak, Zeke, and everyone will be like, oh, how good are Dallas? I just don't trust Dallas. I will never trust Dallas. <laughs> uh, Cincinnati, Buffalo, who's going to watch that game outside of Bengals and Bills fans? Gosh. Uh, Daniel Jones going to Tampa Bay. Giants in Tampa. The Daniel Jones era. Is that his name? Daniel Jones. Eli's on the bench. By the way, you know, I've heard some things, and I do want to just point this out. And I think that everybody pretty much knows this. But, you know, uh, Eli handled that situation, from what I understand, with the utmost uh, amount of class. And, yeah, the guy's a team player. Uh, and I, I really want to give – Credit to Archie. I think he raised two fantastic young men. I, I know he's got a, a one more son. Cooper's son. the older Cooper, one. Excuse who, me. Uh, uh, but at least the two that we know of, everything they've always done in the way of presenting themselves, win or lose. I guess Cooper's son is guy. a high school quarterback, and he's unreal. Is that right? So Peyton and Eli's nephew. 
he's like a sophomore or a junior in high school. Cooper was apparently a pretty good high school football player. I think he got a scholarship, but he blew his knee out. He was a wide receiver, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so we got my, my point being, though, it's hard to, you know, well, I do I feel bad for Eli in a sense, but you know what? Who knows how this is going to go? Does it surprise you, though? No, it's, it doesn't surprise me. What I'll tell you what. Let's, let's do this, though. Let's say it doesn't work out with uh, Daniel Jones. I mean, okay. is Eli back do in they, five or six right, weeks? Right, that's what I'm asking. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Let him go out And I think he'll top. handle that fine, too. So, Let him go out on know. top. Let him get, you know, play those last five games of the year. I mean, they're going to stink. They stink. My, my only question about that whole situation is, is that basically the coach saying, hey, look, it's second week in the season. I think the We coach, don't think we can win this season? No, so. I, I think the coach um, – the coach before, what was his name? Uh, God, I can't think of it all of a sudden. The coach before Schumer. He came from uh, uh, Green Bay. What was his name? Anyways, he I'm wanted sorry. to bench Eli three years ago. Hmm. And I think it's been ownership and management has been preventing it. And uh, just saw something come across. Is that new news? Cam Newton is out. Yeah, I just saw that too. So the next game, what I was just going to say that uh, Carolina at Arizona, Cam Newton's not playing. Timing couldn't be any better. Um, um, so, so you got backup quarterback versus uh, the number one pick in his third game. So I mean, I'm sure that swings that line. It'll be interesting if it's been updated. Uh, uh, Texans at the Chargers. It's probably good that Houston's playing in. Uh, LA because they've gotten like 30 inches of rain there in the last day hmm. and a half. Yeah, I heard something about the weather there. Not good. Uh, I mean, the Chargers did not look good against the Lions, and you got to believe that uh, the Texans are going to win that one. Uh, Pittsburgh at San Francisco. Actually, uh, the Chargers are favored three in LA though. Yeah, home game. Yeah. yeah. So they get the home field there. Uh, did did. Did the Carolina, do you know if the spread has changed with Cam? I'm sure it has. Not that he's been playing. Well, it opened at two and a half. Maybe they knew, though. But he was in a walking boot all week, apparently. It's really only, it's down to two at most places. So they probably had some insight beforehand. Okay. I don't think there's well, going to be a drastic move. You know how it is in Vegas. Vegas knows what they need to before they put that number out or they don't so, put it out. Uh, Pittsburgh at San Francisco. San Francisco's going to go 0 and 3, or 3 and 0, I should say. And the Steelers might go 0 and 3. Yeah, well, San Francisco. This has got to be one of the biggest favorites they've been in years. Uh, they're actually they opened at seven. When's the last time San Francisco was favored seven over anybody? It's now down to six and a half most places. I, but I think if the Steelers' history is anything, that they're going to be okay. I don't know if they're going to go to the playoffs or even have a winning record, but I don't think they're going to they're going to you know fall off a cliff. Uh, and then the Monday night game, Chicago at the Redskins, Bears at Redskins. Um, Chicago got lucky to win last week. Um, I don't think the Redskins are very good, although. And I think that's more to do with this game. Uh, Chicago is a four-point favorite on the road. That's pretty. Pretty big for a team that, yeah, hadn't blown anybody away yet. So they've um, got a good defense. Like they've got good running backs. Their Achilles' heel, of course, is Trubisky. Um, the team does a lot to protect him, shield him, um, and if he can play within himself and they can get a couple turnovers or play good defense, Chicago is going to be good. And I think against uh, the Redskins that they'll be able to do that. And, 
Yeah, I agree. Okay. Yeah, I like well, um, you got anything else, or should we? I think we've covered it. Yeah, we're we're pushing up on an hour and fifteen minutes. So. Oh, that's it. Uh, thanks for joining us again. Uh, we'll be back uh, early next week. Uh, the podcast produced by Caitlin Lombardi, and uh, we uh, say goodbye. Enjoy the games. <laughs>